Hey, this is Gavin Wood, bringing Countdown back to 6 o'clock Sunday night. I'll recap the national top ten from days gone by. And you can dance. And chat exclusively with the big names from the Countdown days. Glenn Shorick. Kate Soprano. Ivor Davies from Ice House. And it all starts with Daryl Braithwaite. It was pandemonium. You didn't really know how it all came together or whatever, but then ABC, they did it very, very well. Sunday night from 6 on Gold 104.3. WSFM, the 80s on iHeartRadio. On Classic Hits, 4KQ and 96FM. Gavin Wood's Countdown Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating Lives. Hi, and welcome to this very special podcast. If I said Grace Knight and Bernie Lynch, what band would you think of? Of course, Eurogliders. Now, I'm not speaking with Bernie, but I am speaking with the better half, Grace Knight, who is not only a great pop singer, but she's an incredible jazz singer and has won many, many awards as being a jazz singer as well. The band is back together, which is great news, and you'll hear more about it in this podcast with Grace Knight. Hi, this is Grace Knight, and you're listening to Gavin Wood's Countdown Podcast. Hello, Grace. Hello, Gavin. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Oh, look, fine. Uh, you know, we we seem to be surviving. We're, we're still here. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm starting to feel a little institutionalised. Uh, aren't we all, dear? Aren't we all? <laughs> it's only preparing us for what's going to happen in about 30 years' time, but don't worry. <laughs> I won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> now, Grace, you have had an amazing career. I am so proud of what, you're, what you've done and what you've achieved. And you've, it seems like you've had two different careers, one in pop and one in jazz, and... Basically, as the records go, more successful in jazz. Oh, Gavin, I never call myself a jazz singer um, because I've, I've never perceived myself as... I've never listened to jazz music, so I certainly don't consider myself a jazz singer and never have. But um, through the ABC, who asked me to do a uh, TV soundtrack with Vince Jones for Coming Spinner... Um, that soundtrack was a massive hit uh, for the ABC. And I would have been really stupid not to follow up on that and do another album, which was, of course, with my record company, Sony. And uh, both albums were huge. And so all of a sudden, I was a, inverted commas, jazz singer. And that never, ever sat well with me. I've always considered myself a storyteller and because I thought that's what my job was, it, it meant that I could sing any way I wanted. And I didn't have to continue to be a Euroglider or a jazz singer. or any, I was just a storyteller. And uh, the, the musicians that I used um, kind of dictated the vibe. Well, uh, just, uh, just so everyone knows, you come in Spinner album three times platinum which is great and stormy weather was was a platinum album as well so yeah. huge albums yeah both of them were huge and, and of course uh, vince jones had no small part no of course not that no, was all you it was all you <laughs> but uh, look it, it was it was fantastic and and i've when i look back at it i'm grateful that i was as i was courageous 
because I was absolutely petrified. Um, in fact, I was so scared to get involved in this project. I was concerned um, the lady who had asked me to do this, I was concerned that she might lose her job for, uh, well, for choosing the wrong singer. It's like, well, what did you get her from? And, I'm, and I even said to her, look, I, you know, I'm frightened. I think I, I don't know that I'm the right person for this. Maybe you should ask Kate Sobrano. She can make a good fist of this. And um, she said, no, I, I want you to do it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I'll give it a go. And, um, and so I just gave it a go. Isn't it great when uh, somebody has faith in your talent? Oh, thank God, because um, I certainly didn't. And, uh, and I've had a 25-year career, uh, career um, singing in this jazzy genre. And you know, my fans have been so gracious <laughs> in, the, in accepting me and coming along and to my gigs and buying my albums. Um, I'm still here. So until they stop doing that, um, I'll just keep doing what I want. <laughs> All right, Grace. Ethel Knight. Ah, oh, it's not Ethel, it's Evil. E evil? Evil. Uh, evil. No, not evil. <laughs> yes, it is. I am a bit evil. It's really funny, Gavin. Um, I, I used to hate the name Ethel, as most many people do. But I love, love, love my nana, who is my nana Ethel. And I was given that name after her. And, and so, you know, people used to laugh and scream, Ethel, Ethel, even my siblings used to take the piss out of me for having that name. And so I, when people used to say, Grace, Ethel, <laughs> and giggle, I'd say, no, no, it's not Ethel, it's Ethel, it's uh, Gaelic. Yes. <laughs> well, and see, they go, oh, sorry, I thought it was Ethel. I go, no, it's different pronunciation. Yes, well, I, I think all our middle names back then came from our grandparents. You know, my middle name is George. Uh, oh, well, that's my... all right, George. That's okay. We George you. <laughs> you know, but I can't change it to a Gaelic name, so you're lucky. <laughs> well, no, there is no such Gaelic name. I made it up. Good girl, that's the way. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were born in Manchester. I When did you decide, or when did the family decide to come to Australia? Oh, um, my sister was a 10-pound pom, and so she left the UK around uh, about 74. And although we used to fight like cat and dog, the two of us, we... Like, Most siblings do. Like siblings do. Um, I missed her desperately. I really, really missed her. And um, so I had to find a way to come to Australia. Um, but, of course, I didn't have any money. I didn't, you know, didn't have a job. Um, or I didn't have a job that could afford me to, to come to Australia. And so I got a job on a ship. As, oh, so yeah. so you worked your passage, worked did you? I worked my passage, and I've been working the passage ever since. Good girl. <laughs> um, so I worked my passage on a on a cruise ship over here, and um, twice a night. Twice a night. Yep. 
Well, that that's a big commitment. What was it? Six weeks? It must have been the slowest cruise ship in, in the world. I loved it. I, oh my god! You know, he was a, a you know a twenty year old from Stevenage in Hertfordshire, which is about thirty miles north of London. Um, you know, I I was a naughty girl, and um, I used to get up to all manner of jiggery pokery. And um, had I not have left um, the UK, I think I, I may have ended up in prison. But <laughs> I, I, I think it was a good move. Well, it was a very good move for us, Grace. Oh, thank you. Well, it was a very so, good move for me too. So you came into Perth. Is that where your sister was? That's exactly right, yeah. Okay. And how was that, the adjustment from uh, Manchester and the other place you, you just said? Which was? Um uh, sorry, how was the adjustment from Stevenage to... From Stevenage, yeah, from there to uh, Perth. How uh, was that look, adjustment for you? I, you know, this, the first thing, I, I'd never forget this because the first thing that struck me really hard um, was, A, that there was a real mixing pot of culture here in Australia. The, the, Even back then? Yeah. Yeah, okay. even back right. then. And, um, and the other thing that really, really struck me was that people, uh, the public, the general public, walked with their head up. They weren't looking at the pavement. And that was something that happened a lot in London, where I sort of hung out mostly, and in the UK. You know, when you sat on the tube, you didn't really make eye contact. Um, and you walked purposefully with your head looking at the pavement. Um, and, and that was a, I don't, that's what it was like as a teenager for me. Um, and I noticed that people would say good day and I loved it. And I became a bit over the top and I was just almost shouting good day to strangers over the road, like, oh yeah, morning. <laughs> and you so, just found your place. I did. I loved it. I, I really loved it, and it made me happy. It really made me happy. I was so happy that I, I didn't want to go back. Well, you also met uh, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas on the on the cruise ship, didn't you? You, you? you got. I did. That would have been a good education for you. Oh, look. Um, so I was working on a cruise ship with my then boyfriend. Um, and we were a duo, and Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, who, you know, uh, the song, Dancing in the Street. Oh, yeah, big song. Huge, yeah. Which my sister and I used to, you know, sing together at home. Um, here was Martha Reeves playing at the Intercontinental Hotel, which was the only hotel in Dubai in 1976. And I was on I was on performing on what they called a flotel, which was a decommissioned Chandras line cruise ship that was harboured on the dock. Uh -huh. And so people could gamble and drink alcohol there because it was on the water. Gotcha. Anyway, so I went to see her concert and then she came over to my gig and she was just so gorgeous. I mean, I was so nervous. I was like, oh, my God, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas are in the audience. Oh, my <laughs> God, I'm sick. Hello, they're going to hear yeah. it. And uh, anyway, she said to me, you keep going, girl. You've got what it takes. And, and if I can just add to that, 
she was really, really encouraging to me. And, and, and she made me feel really like, go on, keep going, keep going. And I never forgot that. Yeah. And, and I always try to, you know, encourage young up-and-coming performers that I ever connect with um, across my 40-odd year um, career. Mm. However, about a, maybe two years ago, I wrote to Martha Reeves and I told her that story that I was a young performer and she was there and she, she was so encouraging. And I wanted to let her know that, you know, her kind words have continued and I, I've taken on what she gave me and that I've been, you know, passing that on as best You're I can. You're paying it back. Paying paying back, yeah, exactly. And, um, and... Anyway, I kept getting these letters from her um, about God, and, mm. and and I was like, oh dear, I don't know whether to write and tell her that I was heathen. Um, I didn't, and I thought, oh my God, that might hurt her feelings. Yeah, that's a dilemma. Yeah. I didn't know yeah, what what I've opened a can of worms here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just sort of stopped writing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you both got out of it what you both wanted, so that was good. Exactly. So, exactly. so from that, is that when you hopped on the ship and came to Australia after after Dubai? It was. That's exactly right. Well, after performing in Dubai, and I, my partner um, and I, sort of won that gig through a talent competition. Okay. And, well, we didn't win it. An agent who's this there was a talent competition uh, UK wide. Um, I can't remember the name of the pub, uh, some brewery, and they were having a talent quest and we made it to the semi-finals and an agent came along and booked us to get together on that um, uh, ship in Dubai and, and then after that I thought, Shh, I can use this singing lark, I can mm. use this to go to Australia. Yeah. And so that was how I utilised my new talent. <laughs> so you got to Perth. And then you thought, well, what am I going to do? I can sing. Let's try and form a band. So did you? Look, I did think that. Yes, I could sing. But, of course, no one knew me here or anywhere else for that matter. And so why would they give me a gig over their existing clients? Hmm. Hmm. Jackie Love was one of them. I'll just add that in there. Um, so I took a job in a swimming pool as a pool attendant in place called Quinana. Right. Um, that was fabulous. <laughs> I could just see you doing that now. Gosh, I was glad that didn't last too long, but I had a lot of fun and I tried to be a barmaid and Australian people were just horrified. Um, I was pouring beer sort of swinging the cup up and down like I'd seen them do it in the UK. Yeah. And uh, the head was like maybe three and a half inches. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and look, I don't drink beer. I don't know what it's supposed to look like. Right. Okay. <laughs> and Sack. they were like, oh, God. Is there, is there anything else you can do, Grace? <laughs> and then I met okay. Bernie. Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934, Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Hi, this is Grace Knight, and you're listening to Gavin Wood's Countdown Podcast. 
Well, how did you meet Bernie? Was he playing in a pub somewhere or did no, you no, meet somewhere else? A, no, he was a friend of my sister's. And, oh, good. Um, Thank uh, goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, a bit... Um, so, and of course, he saw me and just fell in love with me straight Of course away. he did. You're so wonderful and <laughs> beautiful. And He had a girlfriend at the time. He left the girlfriend <laughs> for you. How fabulous. <laughs> no, that continued on through our relationship. Let me just... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, now it's, no, taken, no, no, no. Now it's taken another t- nasty turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so Bernie and I hooked up. Um, I, hang on, I'm, I've missed out a bit. I was in a band, in a, a covers band in Perth. Right. And Bernie had seen me singing in that band and said, look, you know, I'd like you to front my band. We could make music together. We could make music together. Mind you, that was after he got me uh, on our first date yeah. to come and, except I didn't know it was a date, uh, to come and sing on. He was in a band called Rip Torn and the Stockings. And <laughs> Good name. <laughs> he, he, he was Rip Torn. Of course. And, um, he got me to sing backing vocals um, on a song called Thin Ice and he plied me with ginger wine and um, telling me it was good for my vo- voice. Oh, he's evil. He's evil, he, Bernie. He's, yeah, he's full <laughs> of smiles, but I know what's on the other side of that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, you're sharp. And then, and then he had formed a band called Living Single and that's the band he asked me to come and front. Right. And then that kind of developed into Eurogliders, correct? There was, that's right. We were heading for world domination and we'd heard a band in the UK was called Living Single. So we thought, oh, we're going to, you know, we're bound to be going to the UK. So we're going to have to change our names. Yeah. Our, our name. And um, Eurogliders was born. Well, what a successful band, Eurogliders. I mean, Heaven, great song. It uh, it got you uh, to tour U- the US, Canada, Puerto Rico, Japan, and New Zealand. I mean, just on the success of Heaven on the Billboard charts. You know, you you, you nearly you were so close to making it in America. It was, yeah, we were so close yet so far. We gave it our best shot, Gavin, and yeah. we did do a couple of tours of the US, and um, you know. Back then, it was so expensive. It's not like it is today. Yeah. <laughs> Just the airfares were kind of out of our league already. But um, we gave it our best shot, and um, and it was fantastic fun. And, you know, we were all, at the time, lucky enough to live our dream. Of course, mm. we didn't have two pennies to rub together, but um, we yeah. were doing what we Absolutely loved doing. And of course, um, it would it would appear to me the same thing happened um, to Alex Smith and Moving Pictures. Uh, you know, you, you get to a position on the Billboard charts, and then all of a sudden, there's a supply problem with the singles, and the singles oh. don't get out into the record stores, so the so the kids can't buy the singles, so the that's so right. the song dies. You know, it's just that, that, yeah. that seems to happen all the time. We had something very similar happen. Um, we won a gold. Uh, I don't. I can't remember. We won a gold MTV award and a silver. A gold. I think the gold one was for the US and and a silver MTV award for the UK. I might have that back to front. I can't remember. Right. 
But we went to do another single called We Will Together, which is a love story. And we thought, Great song. We thought it'd be a good idea to do a you know sexy video clip that goes with it. Mm. However, the backstory behind that uh, sexy love story video clip was in the time that we had recorded the song and made the video clip, or, or at least made the storyboard for the video clip, Bernie and I, our marriage just it fell to pieces and we split up with each other. Mm. But all this money had been spent in, in the production of this video clip and then we had to go and film it and be madly in love with each other. Which, yeah. was, which was okay, you know, Bernie was still, I loved Bernie to bits, uh, mm. you know, he was still my mate, but he had his new girlfriend on the video set, and we were doing A this, bit awkward. It was incredibly awkward, and this is the, this is the rub. Um, he was lying on top of me, kiss, kiss, kissing me, <laughs> mm. And I just, I hated it. And the yeah. reason I hated it was that his girlfriend was watching. So I thought, oh, get off. And I jumped on top of him uh, thinking that, I, you know, I felt more in control of the situation. That got mm. filmed. The video clip got released in the US mm. and they wouldn't play it on MTV. They gave it an X rating. Whereas Countdown gave it a G rating. Yeah. And, and we said, why? We're X-rating. What? What? And they said it's because the female was on top of the male. Well, I can understand that because you know most Americans they're they're, they're very they're very straight and and, uh, and very religious and uh, people don't realise what a what a what a country it is. You know, I was there for twelve years and it it certainly opens up your eyes to realise that you know that they're like that, very prudish. Oh, I can we we would it would have been all right if Bernie were on top of me. Yeah. And I I wanted I was saying to the, the Americans and the CBS I think. But his girlfriend was watching. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, enough of this sex talk, Grace. I'm getting excited. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but but what a what a great uh, what a great ride Eurogliders had. You know, you, you came oh. back on the uh, Countdown Arena Spectacular, and the crowds oh. just loved you and adored you. Oh. And it, it was a great ride, wasn't it? I'm just lucky. I mean, I, I work hard at being lucky. I, I just consider myself one of the luckiest people on the planet. I've had such a great ride. It's been great. So did Bernie write the songs or did you write the songs with Bernie? No, no, Bernie wrote every word, every chord. Ah. He wrote everything. Sounds like Bernie's a bit of a control freak. Yeah, well, he was. And, and for good reason, because you were successful, I suppose. Look, I, I, actually, I think I agree with that. Back then, I don't agree with it now, but back in the early day, right. Bernie knew exactly what he was after. And he, yeah, with his yeah. songs, I mean, he... He had a vision. You know, he would be programming drums. He would be playing the bass, the keyboards, the guitar right. parts. Oh, what a talented guy. He's incredibly talented. And yeah. so it was up to the, the band... Uh, it was up to me as a as a storyteller to translate that story, 
and it was up to the other members of the band to play something better than than you know what he had given them, which was mm. the skeleton mm. of the of the song. So, is it any wonder um, the marriage didn't last? You know, Bernie was in love with his instruments <laughs> <laughs> and his arrangements. <laughs> So in 1989, you broke up, sadly. Um, but, you know, the songs are still played on the radio today. Eurogliders are, are, are always well-remembered, you know, as that wonderful 80s act. You know, you, you were perfect together. Do you know what? We actually didn't break up. Uh, we never split up. What happened was Coming Spinner took off. Oh, okay. And really, that, that was what happened. Um, it, it was like... I, I need to, I have to pursue this. I would be, yeah. I'd have rocks in my head if I didn't. Yeah. And so I pursued that avenue and then Bernie pursued theatre work for which he's, you know, been awarded, you know. Yes, he's done well. Things in, in you know, still writing and yeah. uh, his then, his next wife, who was Colette Dinnigan, the fashion designer. Okay. He, he, he um, wrote music and did stuff i don't know how much but for her fashion shows in paris and right you know so he became really involved in the whole fashion industry well that's fantastic but it's it's good to know that if if ever there is a chance again you'll get back together and do a tour well we've been together for the last uh eight years i've got a call from glenna a baker saying, look, would you consider putting your gliders back together to tour with the Boomtown Rats? Wow. Uh, and I've, been, I've got on to Bernie, and who he and I hadn't spoken for many years, eight years, I think yeah. it was. And um, we said, yeah, let's do it. So we did. And then the Boomtown Rats um, tour fell over. But we were all rehearsed. We had a band. Um, I'd made my stage gear. And we said, come on, let's just go out. And so that's what we've been doing ever since. So thanks. Thanks, Sir Bob. I'm going, you know, I, I would have loved to have done the tour, but uh, thanks anyway. It worked out better. It worked, well, it worked out well, yeah. Yes. Well, I, I, I love the way you stand up for things and you believe in things, Grace. You, uh, you got all the women together to protest uh, up in Byron Bay against uh, invading Iraq, and good on you. And, 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 and this is a lovely story. You only wanted 67 women. How many showed up? Over 700. How fabulous is that? Uh, look, I, I, it was, I was inspired by some women from Marin County in, uh, is it L.A.? Is it yeah, yeah, L.A. In LA. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who had done exactly the same thing. This no war movement had started. Uh, mm -hmm. And I wanted to continue what they had done in the hope that I could inspire other women to um, continue. And we wanted to send a strong message to mm. um, John Howard that, look, we don't agree with this. Um, and, uh, and so that, that's how that was all born. And in hindsight, you were right. Uh, look, I don't know about... Uh, yeah. Well, there was no there was no weapons of mass but destruction. I, just you the know, idea I mean, of you know our, our, our beautiful soldiers, men and women, innocent people, animals yeah. being killed and maimed. It, it, it just didn't 
seen right. No, and I, I, I love it. You know, we're so apathetic. Uh, you know, we should be marching in the streets on lots of things, but it usually, it usually happens that the minorities have the biggest say because they're, they're, they're activists and they get out and they have their say, whereas we all sit back and go, oh, yeah, it'll be all right when we should be marching and saying this is this is not what we signed up for, this is not right, but they get away with it. Yeah, look, I think, I think you're right about that, but I think it's always the minority that gets heard um, yeah. because they end up being the ones that, what's that saying about the squeaky wheel? Making the most noise. That's right. Mm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Okay, well, look, uh, we'll just move away from the Eurogliders, Grace Knight, just for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, move back into your jazz realm. Oh, dear, yes. Because, I, you know, I want to I talk about uh, Come In Spinner and, and, and Stormy Weather and also Gracious and Big and Brassy Live and uh, Zeitgeist. Oh, God, now, now my bottom's clenching now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Zeitgeist. <laughs> I, I wrote, that was my foray into writing. And um, oh, it was just the most awful project I, I have ever done. Um, not, not because of my writing, that I think is at best average. But it, mm. it was just a, an awful... I couldn't bear to be around the producer and, um, oh, well, that's not going to help. If you can't get on with your producer, you no, may as well just exactly. cut, your, cut, your, cut your money and run. Exactly. exactly. You know? But I learned a really, really good lesson. Um, right. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of became annoyed at myself about because it was one I already knew, but I kind of slackened off on my own judgment. And yeah. I've always paid for my own... You know, I put my money where my mouth is. So I, right. you know, since since oh, since I've had those two big hits, I've sort of been my own business and my own industry because I, you know, I was a single mother and I needed to protect my income. So I yes, yeah. got rid of the record companies and I became my own business. And um, you became your own mogul. Good yes. on you. <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, working with this particular producer, I... he I, It sounds to me like he was there for the wrong reason. Well, I think I might have been there for he the He was there for the money. Because I okay. allowed him to, 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 pay, to you know, take on the cost of the album, but in doing so, right. uh, I kind of... I you gave up, up a lot. too much of my, my yeah. own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Plus the fact you're also raising your son, Jackie... <laughs> He's my hero. He's How's he? Brilliant. <laughs> oh, I'm so, oh. <laughs> I'm so pleased to hear that. I've got two boys, and they're my heroes too. Boys are boys are amazing. Girls, I've got two girls yeah. as well, and they're and they're also my heroes. You know, I love my kids to death. But uh, uh, boys look, I, have I don't know. I, there's something about I boys, isn't there? Fathers and daughters, and mothers and daughters. Look, I I think kids, I would have had five or six kids had I had a partner. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, boys love their mum. Yeah, that's right. End that's of story. Right. And I was very lucky. Um, my son, I, I dragged him around Australia for three and a half years. And what an education he got. Come on. He did. He did. He did. And uh, he really did get an education. Um, 
an education that no other no other kid in his class would ever have. Yeah, and more and, frequent fly points than any two-year-old. That's fabulous. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gracie, you're so courageous. You wrote a book, an autobiography, Pink Suit for a Blue Day, and even my manager, Alan, told me, he said, you tell Grace Knight that when I saw that, I went out and bought a pink suit. He said, he said, because I knew I was going to have a blue day. So, uh, so you do change people's lives. Now, tell me about that. The book is about how you started your life on the road in a rock band, you know, your childhood, your history of abuse. You know, it's a page, life lessons. I mean, it's, a, it's quite an amazing book. I always feel a little nervous talking about this because it's my life. And, yeah, um, well, everyone does. So don't worry. But I, can't, I really expose myself in that book as a, a, a survivor of uh, childhood sexual abuse. And I had discovered something that after, you know, 50 years of being affected by, uh, by this abuse and, and that abuse affecting my decisions in life and all that sort of stuff... When I finally, after seeking help and, and not feeling like I was getting anywhere, uh, I kind of realised that I was the perpetrator. I was the biggest perpetrator in keeping uh, attached to what had happened to me and allowing my decisions to be tainted by the pain of, of you know, what I felt. If that makes sense. Um, and I wanted to let other victims of um, especially sexual abuse, I wanted them, I wanted to explain to them that what happened to me was over and done with, uh, although it happened a few times, it was over and done with the next morning or the next day. Um, but the I was the one that nurtured the feelings of self-loathing and worthlessness in myself. That, that, that wasn't the perpetrator, that was me. That yeah, which eats you away so much. And it does, of course it does. And, and yeah. like I say, I, you know, throughout the whole time of Eurogliders, what you might have seen on stage was a, you know, a bouncy kind of vivacious young girl, yeah. or young woman, I was full of self-loathing and um, self-doubt and and it was all a show which was fantastic because it allowed me to um, being on stage I I always felt like I'd put up um, I used to describe it as a cardboard cutout of myself Mm. I, I would put this show person or this character in front of me that was really the shy quite a shy person and terribly insecure. And I didn't want, obviously, I didn't want people to see that. Um, so, yeah, that was how I sort of muddled my way through. <laughs> and then I made a career out of it. Well, Gracie, when when the book came out, did people get you to come along and, and, and talk and, uh, and uh, go through I, that? I don't think I could have done that. Right. Um, I don't. It, it, even though I wrote the book and I ex, 
I exposed myself. Um, and, mm. and the, you know, those were some pretty sordid things. Um, I, I had done it. That I felt that that was enough. Right. Um, so, so that was your voice. You you didn't think you had to take it any further, which is fine. I mean, everyone everyone deals with it in different ways, and that's how you course. dealt with it. You know, yeah. and that's that's courageous in itself to write a book. My God. Well, as I say, that I had spent you know fifty fifty years trying to, in inverted commas, mend myself or fix myself, mm. and uh, and I got nowhere. And as I say, until I realised, it was like oh, a blinding flash that um, uh, it was me that was mm. continuing this on by constantly thinking about it and mm. and allowing it to. Um, uh, it just gets bigger. It just gets bigger yeah, and bigger it, and bigger, and you can't control it anymore. You don't know who you are. Yes. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah. So, so you've got to forgive, otherwise Absolutely you'll go. Otherwise you'll go insane. Absolutely, you've got to forgive. And uh, in my uh, in in my case, um, my father was the perpetrator, and I I oh, hated sorry him. to hear that. Yeah. I hated him for so many years, and it's, it takes all the me. work to hate yeah. someone. Yeah. And um and were it not for my son wanting to meet his grandfather, which he had every right to mm. want. Mm. I was like, oh, far out. This really is I need challenging. To, yeah, I need to sort of sit down and think about this. And I, his wish was bigger than my, you know, desire to keep holding on to this hatred. Hmm. Uh, I, and I thought that it was more important that he meet his grandfather. And um, and so I said, right, okay, let's let's do it. And of course, I was ready to, to run at any moment. But I met my father, and um, and it was beautiful. It was just I, I. He died not long after that, a, a mm. few years later. But um, in the time after introducing my son to his grandfather, he lived in Greece, and after introducing my son. Mm. I went there many, many times to care for him when he was in hospital and while oh, he was sick. Yeah. And, wow. and I looked after him and I loved every minute of it. And I was so grateful once again to yeah. have that courage to say, right, come on, Jackie needs this more yes. than you need it. So put your, you know, your shirt tails up and yeah. do what you have to do for your kid. Um and I've benefited so much from that, a thousandfold. I yeah. can't tell you how much. Um, and, uh, oh, my God, he was fantastic. And I, so I, I realised something really, really, really important. There was more to him than what he did to me. There was so much more to him than that. And... Um, well, and, you know, in the first I, place, he he shouldn't have done that to you. But I'm glad that you, not. I'm glad yeah. you had that resolution at the end. I mean, that uh, you know, imagine if you didn't have that coming together at the end. You know, you you would have still been lost in the wilderness. Well, I, I thankfully I have actually found myself prior um, to that, to, prior to writing that book. Right. That, um, and that's why I wrote the book because I, I had come out of the other end. 
after forgiving him. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives since 1934. Visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Hi, this is Grace Knight, and you're listening to Gavin Woods' Countdown Podcast. You forgave your father, healed yourself. It's a real story, a story of courage. Grace, you slayed the dragon in a, in a <laughs> pink suit for a blue day. Get it? It's a good read. Now, Grace, let's get back to music. And uh, what are you doing now? You've got any shows coming up? Yes, I've got gigs coming up. Uh, Eurogriders are releasing a, a, a new album. Oh, uh, great. I'm, I know. I'm really excited. It's called, um, what's it called? The Blue Kiss Project. The Blue Kiss Project. I like yeah. that. You and want to go out and buy it, don't you? <laughs> all, ori- all original songs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. All Bernie's songs. And oh, I can't wait to hear that. When, when is very, that coming up? It's quite a departure from what you might have uh, okay, heard well, from Eurogrides and what you might expect. Well, you, you could say it's probably a, a progression. Well, it's, I'll, I'll say it's quite theatrical. There you go. Lovely stuff. Oh, so, <laughs> so when's the due date? When's that about to land? Uh, I'm waiting for it to... Um, I think it'll be ready in about four days. But uh, we'll be selling. Can I can I give myself a plug? For yes, yeah. please. Okay, we'll be selling it on www.gracenight.com.au/store. So that's our our. Um, URL oh, that's is. easy. That's easy. www.gracenight.com.au/store. Yep, and then you'll see it. And for the first maybe two weeks we're going to do a special with a, a brand new album and a t-shirt or oh yeah yeah so uh, do you have extra large in the t-shirts of course we do good girl <laughs> <laughs> well, i've got your name on it <laughs> ah you're a good girl all right 10 the top 10 gracie oh here we go grace knights from Eurogliders. the top 10 questions for this special countdown podcast. I've enjoyed it so much, Grace. Oh, thank you, my darling, and I've enjoyed talking with you too. All right, let's get into the top ten. At number ten, who inspired you to make music? Oh, um, it's genetic. My family are all singers. My grandpa made records and my dad was a, a performer. There you okay. Go. All right. Now, what have you learnt over your musical journey? Oh, jeez. What have I learned? Uh, to be brave. <laughs> and you are, and we love you for it. <laughs> what was the effect of Countdown on your oh, career? Well, first of all, Countdown, getting on Countdown to us who, who, who were a band in WA meant that we had made it. To, to, to actually be sitting there with um, Molly and I've seen some really old footage and I can see how terribly nervous I am because I'm <laughs> sitting beside the Molly Meldrum. I can barely get the words out. <laughs> well, Molly, in humdrum, what do you think of Grace Knight? Next, Molly with humdrum. Molly's Humdrum is brought to you by whitegloveMover.com.au. Do yourself a favour and take the stress out of moving. Hi, this is Ian Mullen with my dear, dear friend Gavin Wood with his Countdown Podcast.
So listen, back to, to you two. Listen, this album, I, I, I raved about it on about four or five weeks ago on the show, and it's called Absolutely, and I still think it is a great album, regardless of what some music critics have said. Uh, how much notice do you take of the mu music critics? Well, we make records for um, for the public and for our fans. Like that's that's who we make records for, not for those people. So um, we're not really interested. Not you know, too perturbed. Right, Bernie. Um, I mean, like, does it make you upset? Um, it annoys us. We get a little bit angry about it, you know, from time to time. But uh, as Grace said, not all that many people really go out and buy records for a start from reading reviews. They go because they hear them on radio or something. The public makes up their own mind, not from listening to reviews. So right. it doesn't bother. Well, as I say, I think it's a great album. And guess what? You've got uh, the 12 inch single out already. It is. Yeah, long, did it? First day. Well, I'll ask you, how important do you think uh, a 12 inch single is? So I mean, I have sort of been very critical of yeah. NXS for not bringing out what you need, so, you know, I mean, until now. Right. It's always been very important for us, isn't it? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're a real fun... There's something that's really important in the discos, like, in particular. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's the first time, I think, that we've actually had it out on time, uh, but I'm <laughs> glad it is. Well, now, listen, just before we go, uh, America, what's happening there? Well, this album will be released in America in January, and we'll be going over around about February to... Uh, America, Japan, Europe, uh, uh, Shabon. Right. So it should be good. It'll be fun. Alright, thanks for doing the show tonight. It's always fun when you're it's on the pleasure. show. And uh, it's time to say goodnight. Uh, wish you luck with the album and certainly wish you luck uh, when you go over to America. If you're thinking of moving house, do yourself a favour. The White Glove Mover can do the hard work. Call 139448. Next question, Gracie. Mm -hmm. If you could open up a show for any artist, who would it be? Oh, Ray Charles. Oh, what did I say? Brilliant. What? Oh, God, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get a tip for that. Okay. <laughs> Name your three dinner guests, dead or alive. Oh, three. Oh, my God. Um, Jamal Ataturk, or Kamal Ataturk, who is he's quite an amazing guy, actually, and I've... I really sort of fell in love with his ethic when I went to Turkey and learned a lot about him. He changed, when, when he got into presidency, he changed things like the alphabet. He, he said that women no longer had to wear veils. He changed the, I think he changed the currency as well. But he did all of that in like a couple of years. But he really, he was like the father of Turkey. And we're talking about um, after the, the um, Second World War. you got two more. Okay, oh my God, who's another one? Two more guests. Um, oh, God. Oh, this is terrible because I'd really have to consider who they were. And I'm shaking my hands. And particularly if you're going to cook them a meal. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I'd want to know what they liked and who else would I have? Oh, my God, I know who I'd have. Bob Mortimer. Come on. Do you know Bob Does Mortimer? Does he run the fish shop down at the end of the street? No. <laughs> There's a program, my favourite program on television is called Would I Lie to You? Yes, the two comedians. Yes. Which one is he? Is he the, the guy... Right, 
No, no, no. He's neither of the, those, but he's a guest that comes on. I, I think I've seen him. Very often, because he's... he's. I just lie there crying my eyes out. Um, That's a very funny show. Oh, it's a great show. I love it. Third one might be someone I didn't much like um, because I'd want to, you know, sort of try and dig a bit deeper and, you know, decide <laughs> Donald, Donald Trump. <laughs> Don't Donald Trump, but I'd, I'd have to make him, you know, fried chips and hamburgers. <laughs> no, oh! No, I don't even buy him with the hope of, you know, changing it. <laughs> <laughs> Too far gone there. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. All right. No, no I didn't buy him because I, oh, no, I better not say that because then I'll be accused of being violent. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I just, I just did. It's okay. the side of the ear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, what's your favourite song to perform? I don't have a favourite song. I've never had a favourite song. I, I'm sorry that doesn't fit your question, but my favourite song is the song I'm learning at any given time. That good. And songwriters say that too. Their favourite song oh, is they? the song that they've just written. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I can understand that because it's a new introduction and, and for me, I, I, as that the storyteller of that song, I'm winding all these visions, you know, behind the lyrics. Right. And those visions are imprinting in, the, which is how I remember the song. I remember it as a story. Okay. And it's usually a visual thing. So um, I, that's why I don't have favourite songs, because it, with each of them, I'm creating a, a little movie in my brain. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, as I learn each new song, it becomes a fabulous movie. <laughs> well, we're in the top ten with Grace Knight from Eurogliders and all her fabulous jazz albums. Our next question in the top ten, Grace, if you could change anything about the music industry, what would you do? We're just record companies. <laughs> you know what? That's been a common answer. Oh, yeah, has it? <laughs> yeah. I think everybody wants to do it themselves anyway. Really? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, uh, yeah, I think they've had a, a nice long ride. Yes, they've had um, a good. They've had a long time at the dance. They've had a yes. They've had a long time at the dance. It's time to move on. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's time to give. Uh, well, well, with streaming, it's subtly taking the record companies out anyway. So, you know, it's kind of happening. It's evolving naturally. Yeah, but of course the artist isn't getting anything for it. <laughs> that's the problem. That's the yeah. problem. And that's yeah. where government, governments have got to step in there because that's just theft. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, Grace, what's the best show that you've ever done? <sighs> the next one. <laughs> the next show. That's I good. Love, I actually love, I love my job. I love doing what I do. And so it, they all kind of, I probably remember the, the terrible things that have happened more than the good things because the good things happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. We're now to the final question in the top ten, Grace, so that's oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> what have you learnt about 
What have you, what have you learnt in the music industry, and what would you pass on to a young hopeful musician? Oh, uh, this is going to be a bit like office work. Um, I would pass on to a young musician the importance of getting a music lawyer. Not your dad who does your tax or my dad knows a bit about law, but to get a music lawyer to mm -hmm. read your contracts. And yes. no matter how much you want it, if that lawyer tells you this is not a good contract, don't sign it. <laughs> It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. You've been one of my favourites for years. And as soon as I saw you on stage, I went, that girl's fantastic. And, I, and, I've, and we've loved you ever since. Molly loves you, I love you, and Australia loves you. And, and we keep supporting you because we love you and we love your music. And, and also now I love your brain because you gave some great answers there. So, Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I love you all back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that um, people have supported me. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for people. Darling, we, we, we look forward to when you're back on stage, we can all get out and support Grace Knight. It won't be long. I think it's in three weeks we start, or two or three weeks before the first gig. Also, and as I... the, the, the new album, tell me, just, just round up the new album again. Tell me about it one more time. The, the, the new album is The Blue Kiss Project, and you can only buy it at www.gracenight.com.au slash store. Yay! And we've got, we've got a deal for you on right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Grace, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. No, thank you so much. And take care and stay vigilant. <laughs> that was Grace Knight. Gavin Wood's Countdown Podcast was thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives.